welcome to the No Breaking Podcast. Today, we've got a couple of guests in. We've got Sarah Price. What's up, guys? And Erica Sachs. Hey, guys. And the special guest, Maverick. So if you hear any squeaks in the background, <laughs> that is from, is it a crocodile or an alligator? Uh, it's an alligator, and that's a wolf carrying it. Okay, well, there you go. See, so special guest, Maverick. Unfortunately, I don't have Kaju Kiwi here to keep him company. Y'all. Next time. Next time. Next time. But in the meantime, you guys... Sarah, you were on our last podcast that should not be named. Mm-hmm. It's been about eight, nine months since then. Where should we start? Where do you want to dive into on what you've been up to? Oh, man. All kinds of things. This uh, last year has really been, for racing-wise, it's been a focus on the trophy truck program with RPM Off-Road, uh, racing down in Baja in Mexico in the SCORE series. So me and Erica, we've been basically, that's our main focus this last year, and uh, we've been in the trophy truck spec class, so pretty awesome class, like these trucks it's you know being in a trophy truck in one the unlimited class is insane but we are in a spec class so it's it's more of a driver's class and that makes it a lot of fun you know and it really gets to show your talents which i appreciate a lot too and your co-driver's talents as well i'm guessing yeah yeah for sure there's a lot of time i can't see and i need her guidance <laughs> so what what is it the spec series is it the engine size the spec or is it the spec what is it that breaks it down for your in particular your spec series that you're running um on so there's two different series that are really popular in off-road racing and uh that's gore and best of the desert for both series it's completely different um in one series you get smaller tire different engine but we race score so we get a bigger engine so we get about 200 more horsepower the best of the desert and score and then we also get to run our 40s so 40s are are well well worth it you know it sounds big but you want big tire so why so for people that don't know about off-road off-road racing i should say what is the difference the tire size make how's it what does it make it easier for you guys to do aside from go faster i'm guessing yeah so what it does it makes everything smoother it's less of an impact on the truck It, it takes a lot itself um, but rocks, it keeps height, so you're not hitting things when you're in ruts because you're in a lot of W's, and it just, it's, you feel the difference. The moment you hit a bump when you have 37s on to the moment you hit a bump and you have 40s on, it's just, it's a lot different, and it's, it's well worth it. <laughs> and then your big event this past year has been the Baja. Yep. And that was 50th anniversary of it, correct? Yeah, it was the Baja 500. We also did the 250, and but this Baja 500 was the 50th anniversary, and it was the most toughest year yet, they say. So it was a good one for our first time doing it. <laughs> and, well, exactly. Why not just jump straight into the deep end, hey? Yeah, and we Iron Womaned it, too. Me and Erica did the whole thing from start to finish, and it took us 14 hours and 46 minutes. So how was that? doing it in under 15 hours i mean uh, being stuck in a car driving for 15 hours just any car is yeah. challenging i imagine ramping it up a little notch in quite a high horsepower vehicle going in the deserts and whatnot is uh, probably going a little step further oh yeah it's definitely uh it was a challenge i was actually quite surprised how well we did handling it all um we got to the finish line and i think we could have gone a little more so i was pretty impressed with that but yeah, it was a it was a challenging course in our truck. You know, that's a big heavy truck. It's two wheel drive. It gets stuck areas, so it's not like you know we're in this trophy truck and it's a four wheel drive vehicle that can get anywhere. It's you got to keep your momentum, your front in it, and so you have to be ahead of yourself. And there was parts of the course that haven't been ran on for ten or twenty years and really tight, basically making your own trail through things. And so it's just you know staying ahead of your game and staying ahead of the truck and keeping it going and. We made minimal mistakes. Honestly, we had a really good run. We did have an issue in a silt bed, which is almost a, you know, you kind of figure that. And, 
Yeah, we ran to another truck because we couldn't see. And then I blame we it on them. All their fault. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Straight <laughs> from the outset. Wouldn't be you. It wouldn't be your co-driver next year that could have caused that. No. We, uh, when you go into a soap bed, you really can't see nothing. Mm-hmm. So you're just like, but you can't slow down either because then you get stuck. And then you have a chance of whoever's behind you, for sure they're going to hit you. So you really just, through those moments, you you just dial it in when you're pre-running to know where the course is when you can't see. And you just you have to just hope for the best almost at times. And then also have an alternate route where those sections are. And so, yeah, we came up, we hit someone, and, you know, good thing no one was out of their vehicles. And we were just sitting there, me and Erica were both, like, waiting to get hit from behind, and we are like, is there someone going to come? It's definitely expected to get hit if it's a wide out. Yeah. yeah. For sure. Yeah. And so how often then, when you say, do you definitely expect it to get hit, how often does it happen? Like, if it's a wide out and you get stuck, it's probably guaranteed you're, someone's going to maybe give you a little nudge? I would say at least 90%. It was a good five-car pileup. It yeah. was? Yeah, yeah. We definitely... We were we got out and we got lucky. Yeah, we got lucky. We were sitting there waiting to get hit, and then all of a sudden the dust cleared, and we're like, "Oh my gosh!" And I had stopped the truck, or however, I ended up on top of the surface just enough to not get stuck to back up. Yep. And then take an alternate, uh, kind of like rocky mountain around, and it worked out. But we passed so many people there for sure. And yeah. so speaking of that, so how? You talk, obviously do the, the pre-running beforehand where you'll run oh, the yeah. course. So what's the premise of you driving and running the course, converting those to notes, and then putting those notes into practice? Um, so I use a GPS Lorance system, and I always take them, and I make really, really detailed notes. Every rock, every turn is down to a degree so that she knows. I'm basically talking the course out the entire time, and then I do have alternate routes marked out just in case, you know, like, if somebody's stuck there, rolled there, or if we're in someone's desk, we have other lines that we can go for. And is there any notes that you can like base it on from the from someone else's notes from a previous event, or is it all that you have to go and run it all and you start from scratch, basically? Um, it it depends. If you're familiar with the area, you can use other people's notes, but it's better to still just run it and get your notes because the train can change with just a simple storm sure. or. A previous race it could just take you to a different line so it's it all changes and then so for obviously this event 15 hours of driving how many pages of notes did you have I had 3,300 notes on my GPS 3,300 notes I don't yeah know the number of notes that is yeah that's so I have notes. turns we use turns we use the one through six rally system so okay. um, six is the fastest just kind of a small bend down to one is like a hairpin where you really like stop and turn so um, all of that is marked, all the crests, all the rocks, every little thing that you want to know. I, I'm very detailed about it. No, I like that. No, now, I've got another question, particularly about putting the notes together, is how difficult is it when obviously that race, I'm going to say it's not quite smooth all no. the time. So how difficult is it reading from something, putting those 3,300 notes out there as you're going through the course? I mean, I think I'm a pretty good in the car. And I don't get seasick touch wood that often or any car sick. But I imagine that that could probably be challenging for some people. Yeah, absolutely. Um, there's times where it's like really rough and yep. you're like, oh, my gosh, I'm trying. Like are you like kind of try to hold yourself just to see. But you make do. It, you get used to it. And then does, does your driver, does she always listen to you? And then do you tell her off if she doesn't? Is that what happens? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. It, it happens. But it's just... 
part of the game. She's in tunnel vision, and so I have to stay calm when she needs me to be calm, and I got to get her excited when she can. It's just part of being in that seat. All right, I like it. Yeah, right. it's pretty cool. And we pre-run, we pre-run with our team too. So on RPM off-road, we have Justin Matney, Clyde Stacy, and Abdali Lopez, and they're all uh, winners in Baja. So it's a really good team to be surrounded by. And of course, like we kind of, Justin and Abdali will kind of help us with some of their notes, which is really nice. And we all kind of help out each other, but we still, we focus on our own and it shows because when we can talk about them and then go back through it the second time when we go through a section, we're like, oh, okay, let's change that or tweak that or whatever. So those three that you mentioned there, so how many other people are basically involved in for that time that you're running the, the 500? How oh. many other people are involved, like, as a, as a team, everyone involved, including, like, your support team, like your father and et cetera? Oh, it's insane. The cheer squad, I should say, yeah. as well. Yeah. I have to say, like, we're extremely blessed to be supported by RPM. They are by far, like, one of the top teams in off-road racing. And they are just amazing people in general, and they're surrounded by amazing people. And we have a lot of crew. Like, we have a lot of crew, I would say. Yeah. Um We'll just say for, like, the drivers and co-drivers alone, there's 12 of us, like, because there's five trucks, and then we had some of us had backup drivers, and then the crew is a solid 50-plus, easy. Yeah, each yeah. truck gets their own chase crew and mechanic, and then co-drivers, drivers, and then also their loved ones, like, my dad will go down, and sometimes Erica's dad, he's, she's, he's usually already down there, but, like, yeah, we just, we have a large crew. And I guess that's probably also really helpful, not only for the racing aspect, but obviously for the before, the pre-running, and then afterwards for, in your case, the celebration of getting all done and doing yeah. so well. The celebration, you know, usually everyone's pretty tired, and they're like, all right. So the drivers are kind of like, you know, doing their thing, and then the trucks are getting ready just to Pack get out of there, yeah. you know? Like, they're just like, we've been here way too long. Well, we maybe have no it's the sleep. weekend after when you get to celebrate <laughs> properly then with everyone. Yeah, it's amazing. It really is. Like, it, it's awesome being down there, too, because – all the locals just absolutely love it and they're so supportive and they it's just it's insane like they get so excited for us to be down there and it's just it's really cool and then so if we also backtrack a little bit because obviously we've heard Sarah last time we spoke we talked about your story how you got into it we started with the bikes and then you were very uh you made the 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 win on Hoonigan's most wanted challenge last year um but Erica can you tell us how you ended up in this spot being a fantastic person that puts 3,300 notes together on GPS to <laughs> run 15 hours through the desert in the heat and night and everything else under the sun. How did you get to be in that seat, I should say? Wow. So I started racing with my dad as a navigator, and then Sarah and I became friends almost 10 years ago, I'd say, or more. Maybe more know. even. Maybe I don't now. even know. I don't know. Um, and so what we went to Morocco first. Yeah, in 2015. And then we just worked. Well, no, you were, uh, weren't you spotting for me at regionals by then? Oh, yeah, I was spotting. Yeah. yeah. So I would spot for her at regionals, and I just, we just clicked right away. It just worked well as a team. And then in Morocco, we ended up really making it work, and it's just grown from there, and we have that trust. Sure. And then so aside from the, the trophy truck, the spec, what other things are you doing where you've been the co-driver for? Uh, I race rally cars as well. I do a lot of navigating for in Razors and Unlimited class for all different drivers. Oh, okay. So how many dri- so how many drivers do you support then on that? Just depends who needs me. Ah, <laughs> so you're like a, the lone gun for hire kind of thing. Absolutely. I like and it. I'm down for anybody that can drive. 
Anyone oh. that can drive. Anyone that can drive smart. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't conflict with our schedule. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah she's yeah. mine first. Definitely the, pro- the trophy truck program is definitely my number one priority, but um, I, I love rally. It's amazing. So any opportunity I can get in that, I take it. Yeah, so obviously with because of the Hoonigans Most Wanted, you got to do the hill climb event. Yep. So how what was that, doing the, the experience and putting that together? It was crazy, and it was awesome having Erica because she had already had a little bit of experience with notes. Yeah, because it was Mount Washington, right? Uh, well, Mount Washington I did alone. Okay. Erica, I didn't have someone. It was the one down in Mexico, was that? Yeah, yeah the one in Mexico yeah. is where I had a co-driver, mm-hmm. and then I had to learn it off of notes, so, like, completely trust notes. Oh, okay. So I didn't get to, like, really recce as much, like, as I would have if by myself. Mm-hmm. So at Mount Washington, I was just, like, up and down the mountain, like, trying to memorize it, and with her it's like i'd rely on the notes and really kind of if we wanted to see that transition on the the you know cameras and so like reese millen was with us and he taught us how to create the notes and it was kind of cool to see that system and i don't think erica had seen that system like when we're we're in a minivan like going up this baja 20 mile hill climb and we have the steering wheel taped and we're making our ones or threes and three and a two two and all kinds of stuff it's pretty cool to see how reese uh came up with that to like you know show us and we applied it and each time we went out we just got quicker faster and, and faster and, and it was like there's times where i was like we come around like a right five and i'm like oh gosh i was like a right five to a left six and i'm like this better be a right five to a left <laughs> six because if not we're dead yeah. <laughs> and i did it and i'm like Woo! but the whole time i'm like holding the steering wheel and i'm not letting off the gas and i'm just like Please just be right. Please, Please just, just be, be right. right. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed <laughs> is right. It's a lot of trust. And yeah, and your, co- your co-driver's like, I was right. Yeah. So she was going faster. She was not going flat out. Yeah. If but I'm lost, it's my responsibility to say I'm lost. But if I'm not lost, they know it. And yeah. yeah. So, yeah, it, it does. It takes a lot of trust on both, especially, like, I don't look. I can't look up. Otherwise, I will get lost. So the whole time I'm you going straight at, to the notes, yeah. I don't look at anything but that so that I know. So it's a whole feel thing for me. Yeah, sure. it's important definitely to have the trust, but it was cool to see it built while we were filming with Hoonigan mm-hmm. to just see the escalating of trust, you know. Yeah, and it was great seeing, especially the two of you, as you progressed through where you started and then how far you were off Reese's time and then yeah. how much closer and closer and closer and how much he st- more he started to sweat as you were getting there. Oh, he was, <laughs> it was, I always give Reese a hard time. I was actually just on the phone with him, so it was so funny. But we uh, we became really close to their team ever since then, and where we still we go down to Baja with them, so we're doing everything with the you know Reese Millen Motorsports. It's pretty cool. We uh, we have a lot of fun, but yeah, Reese. I think he was like starting to stress. He's like, man, he goes, I'm really impressed. Like you're doing well, and I was like, that is a lot to come from you. So thank you. <laughs> well, look, I think you're still the two fastest people I know. I'll put it that way. <laughs> I mean, for just being out, for going and starting and what you're doing and seeing you progress, I'm like, oh, you're real fast. Oh, thank you. <laughs> real fast. So speaking of that, we've uh, the hill climb, the trophy trucks. What else are you racing? Uh, side by side. So I've always I came from motorcycles, motocross, and then I transferred into the UTVs, and that's kind of what I always I think will race no matter what. I always have a little part of that in my schedule. But we do King of the Hammers every year. We just absolutely love that event, and um, you know it's actually funny. The person who puts on King of the Hammers raced against us, I'm pretty sure, in a 6100, uh, tr- the same truck as we raced, a trophy truck spec in Baja. And he had called me after, and I was like, wait, 
Dave Cole, like, you're calling me right now? And he just wanted to say, like, you know, it was really cool racing with you and good job. And I was like, I love your event. I will come every year. I'm racing the UTV there this year again. Like, but it's pretty cool to see that within the industry. And, you know, we're all so, so close. Yeah, I was going to say, it seems like it's a very close-knit industry, especially with on the dirt, I would say, in regard to that. Everyone seems very, very nice. Yeah. But everyone also seems to know everyone. 100%. Like, yeah, you, you, there's no secrets. Like, they get around, and it's it's pretty cool because, you know, everyone kind of knows everyone, and you have a family on the road. And now I've got a question. So to explain to my father, Nigel McKeon, he'll want to know exactly what a side-by-side is. So can you let us know? Yeah, so a side-by-side is a utility all-terrain vehicle. It's um, basically, you know, it's a very capable uh, golf cart on steroids, Everyone in the UTV industry might hate me for saying that, but it's really tough. No, they're not listening. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it's a good description. Yeah. <laughs> it's a solid description. Uh, power to weight on it is just insane. So these little things get up and go. And we take on the motocross tracks. We send them. We race them. We bounce off of each other, and it's pretty affordable. So we always race uh, usually a Polaris Razor, and that's my, my picking and choice of a vehicle, and it's one of the best ones out there and we have a blast in it we've put it through almost everything yes yeah. <laughs> what so explain what you mean when you put it through almost everything so we've been short course racing in it we've been rock crawling in it we've been to the desert in it we've just pre-ran baja pre-ran baja on it so like miles. to race the truck we put in three how many miles did we put in three thousand was last time probably between the two yeah mm-hmm. so like three thousand miles in baja just pre-running and that itself with the the razor most of it so that's pretty impressive for something like that but yeah it's an all-around just good vehicle and anyone out there can just go and buy one so easily and they're just you can use it for anything and then do you do much to it from buying it as a stock form between what you race uh you honestly don't do that much like compared to a trophy truck not not very much you leave it pretty stock i've never ever modded out an engine in one and uh there's some parts that you put on it you just want to beef them up a little bit so i usually choose like super atv parts to put on there and like their axles and and then i just put in you know good seats a cage and harnesses is really kind of what you go with and wheels and tires of course but uh not too much really and then you good to go racing yeah. or wherever you want to go, the golf course if you want to take it there. Oh, I love that. Uh, they aren't even allowed. We're in, we live in a gated golf course community, but also like really big in action sports, and they aren't allowed on the street. They know the difference between a golf cart and it. So you didn't let it bring on the street? Nope. Even at night? No. Well, I have done it. I can't say I haven't done this. <laughs> <laughs> I like how you kept are that you very allowed? close to your chest. <laughs> to you, are you allowed to do it? Not really. You just but. forgot maybe that time when you took it out, you forgot you weren't allowed to. Oh, Is that what you're oops. saying? Oh. We were hungry. <laughs> and you, if you're hungry, you've got to get there quick. You don't want to go in the golf cart, right? You're going to yeah. take, yeah. It's pretty cool because... We live right, like, on the outskirts. There's a bunch of hills, and we have a bunch of tracks out there that we've made over the years. And we can ride them from here to the Paris Airport where we can go indoor skydive, and, like, there's a barn, there's a cafe, and it's pretty cool. So, yeah, one time I didn't have a trailer. I don't know where it was or what was the deal, but I just was like, you know, I'm just going to drive it out the gate. And it was a few miles, like, five miles at least, ten maybe, to get out the gate. So I like that. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. And, yeah. And uh, hopefully that was under the cover of darkness. No. Nope. No, bright sunlight. Yep. You just reflect off. No one's yep. going to see me. It's yep. a girl. Nobody. Hide in, yeah, I could have just been sight. like, oh, 
I didn't know. I'm I thought kidding. this was a golf cart. <laughs> they don't know better. But then now they're kind of starting to know me and then they know now my house because they see all the stuff that's always like in the driveways and like they're like what is going on at this house with this chick like so is that why you make friends with all your neighbors so they don't complain yeah well so it just so happens i bought this house 2012 but the house right next to mine is my parents rental and so i rented it out to a friend and i made a deal with him to keep a garage so now i have two garages next to each other so you're just gonna start expanding like acquiring properties yeah. right and then just using the garages <laughs> is what your plan your rental plan is for okay, worldwide domination there we go so i'll just have six houses in a row and we'll yep. make them rentals and then i get to just keep the garages yeah <laughs> what, what could go wrong with that yeah no I mean, we're it's good monopoly <laughs> yeah as you build up build, build hotels you start with houses then go to hotels and get more more, more space there you go you had to start building them up you get income from the renters and then you're just like cool why you all this flow yeah and then but you know it's not you on a personal note you still play with your bikes as well they haven't given them up completely no i never will give up the dirt bikes um but yeah i still ride the dirt bikes not as frequently as i should or i want to I just get so busy, but I have a lot of stunt work and jobs that require me to ride motorcycles, so I still kind of stay in shape on them. And um, but they're like that's like my home, no matter what. Like I can hop on a dirt bike, and it's like I never even got off of it. My cardio might not be there anymore, but well, it's not. You don't need to compete in X Games every weekend, though, exactly. right? Exactly. <laughs> so you don't mind. You can just take a little easier. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, I still will always ride the dirt bike. And then aside from that, just. I own an auto paint business, so I, that keeps me busy as well. And I have actually four other racer girls that work with me on that. So that's pretty cool to like be able to help them achieve their dreams by providing a job for them. So. And then tell us a little bit about this, or what you can, I should say, about the stunt work that you do. Is that possible? Yeah. I um, So I'm pretty specific to riding and driving stunts. That's my main focus. Um, and I've done all kinds of stuff, all kinds of randomness, but um, I've doubled for a lot of actresses and, and artists, uh, Lady Gaga and like Danica Patrick, which, you know, it's kind of funny, but I rode a motorcycle for Danica, so that's why. But yeah, it's, it's been an interesting thing and I really love it. Honestly, I'm so grateful and excited every time I get a stunt job because it's just, it's awesome. It's incredible work to get to fulfill your passion and make money doing it in an industry like that. And you really never know what you're getting yourself into. So once you get on set, you're kind of like, okay, what do I have to do today? And you just figure it out. And I love a challenge. So. And is it fun like seeing your work when you get to see it like on screen? It really is fun, but you know, some jobs are so, um, are so important for precision work. So it's like, you know, people don't realize when you see a car commercial and you're stopping on a mark every time for the camera. Yep. And that's like just really, it's kind of more just a high pressure situation and being able to just stop on the little mark, which you don't think is very hard when you talk about it, but then when it comes to it, it is. Everyone should try this at home. Do you get in the car park, just put a little mark on the ground, yep. and then just hurdle towards it at what, like 80 miles an hour and be like, stop. Yep. <laughs> and then you watch that on the commercial and you're like, oh, that's not that exciting to see. But then you have the ones that are really exciting and you get to like, I did a, a 180 um, slide into a parallel parking spot the other day and I was like, that's pretty cool. Like, I was really stoked to see that. I so. mean, that's how Erica parks every time she goes out anywhere though, really. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's the only way to do it, right? I, I taught her. Yeah. yeah. You know what's funny? My navigator, Erica, actually drives a manual and I drive a big old truck that's not a manual. <laughs> wow. It's pretty cool. It's just a Mini Cooper. 
Yeah, but but aren't, but that's I thought that truck was this. It is your truck, but it might be destined for someone else to ruin. Is that correct? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, basically, I needed a a chase truck for my dad for Baja. He needed something to get around a little better than the the Tundra I had that was two wheel drive. So I got this big old beast outside, basically for my dad to go romp around in Mexico. And then, how long do you think it's going to stay in that uh, condition it is in now? Um, I give it the next race. Next race, <laughs> and then it's just going to come back in pieces with dents. Uh, I uh, hope pieces not. Pieces missing. Yeah, pieces missing, probably, you know, something's broken, but hopefully nothing too crazy. But you hear some crazy stories from down there. You never know. Just driving on their actual roads down there, you never know what's going to happen. Well, yeah, so if we skip back to that, can you tell us about, you said that your team is very popular yep. when they compete down there. So what are the crowds like and how do you deal with, with that, so to speak? Oh. Both the, the celebrity-ness, the, the fame, I should say, of it. It's crazy. And then also how they are lying the sides of the roads and the camping and everything else. How does that all work and play into it? Oh, they totally do. Um, yeah, like when our trucks come through, like they're all orange trucks with RPM on the side, and there's a good bunch of them always. There's at least, I would say, four to five of us, no matter what, if not more. And so when we come through, everyone knows when we're coming through, like in second contingency, and it, they go nuts. They go absolutely nuts. But but, you know, it's pretty cool. They're super supportive, and they're super excited to see me and Erica out there. You know, we're both females doing this. But, um, yeah, it's it's awesome. And when we're racing, we even, like, it's crazy, the people, like, we How see How close out do there. they get? They can – they sometimes try touching the trucks, mm -hmm. and yeah. it's a big issue we actually have down there. And uh, a lot that's of – That's 1980s World Rally Championship style of touching the really? trucks. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. touch the wings is the one that they wanted to do. Oh, my gosh. But there's a lot of deaths from it, and so it's like a serious. Who would have thought? Yeah. Who would have thought that? <laughs> running in front of a large vehicle going how fast? Right, 100 plus. There you go. Would yeah. cause injury. Who would have thought yeah. it? And there's jumps and whoops, and so you never know how the truck's going to react. So that's sometimes the scariest part. Yeah. Like we would be going through a whoop section at, you know, almost 90, and like all of a sudden, like, I'm like, why is there someone running across the road right in front of us right now? And Erica's like, why are they doing that? <laughs> I'm I start like, yelling to her. <laughs> and getting on the horn just makes them think that you're like, hey, we it's see good. you. This yeah. is cool. And now, and this is going to be another question from my mother, Patricia McKeon, because when she's driving the English country roads, you don't have too many whoops. Okay. So can you explain what going through a series of whoops actually is? So going through a series of whoops, um, the key to Did I say it correctly? I'm yeah, trying. whoops. I'm trying. Whoops, yeah. Whoops. Yeah, we call them all kinds of things. whoopsie doos. I don't know. Depends what kind of mood we're in. Yeah. Running. Oh, what are they going on the GPS? That's what I want to know as. Uh, What's the note that's associated with them? Whoops. It just depends. There's big whoops. Okay. There's whoops. There's little like whoops. Whooped out turns. Okay. Um, yeah. Little whoops you kind of expected. Yeah. You just go through them. And so what are so let's get back to what are whoops for my mother who wants to know all so about this. It's just big old bumps that have been created, and they can go from you know like you can go around a turn, like a little section of them, or they can go on for miles. And so in our truck, our truck is so capable of uh, you tackling them. You basically, your, your goal and the way you want to tackle them in the most competitive way is you get on top of them. So you carry as much speed as you can and basically go for it over them. And you just have to modulate the throttle to make sure, you know, like some of the whoops might not be distant the same. And so it'll throw the truck a little weird. And you just have to like kind of learn how to keep it, you know, in the correct position over them and you're good to go. But sometimes some people can get into some issues there. But I think for a moto, we've been blessed to kind of have that feel through them. And I look forward on every time. Yeah. You like the whoops? <laughs> I love the whoops. Do you like, is it the bigger whoops, the better? Yeah, bigger whoops, the better. Well, 
as long as I can get on top of them. Like, if they're big whoops through a corner where you don't have speed and but you're, no, like, I mean, just... If you want to see miles of whoops ahead of you, like, oh, yeah. flat out, like, oh, yeah. foot to the floor. As like, thin as you can be. I, like I love that. Definitely love them. And then what else are the other aspects that you've... Um, going to be the feathers you're going to have to put in your cap that you've been talking about for the stunt work that we were before with the mics were turned on yeah so i'm currently you know on the hunt looking for i think like a bmw m3 is kind of what i've been looking at but just to like have as a stunt play car like i just want to have something to romp around and and just play with like put a handbrake in it and just work on like precision sliding and getting things in the here and this spot on that mark and just start drifting and having fun and is that because you've spent too much time at the donut factory i'm pretty sure the hoonigans probably have a good uh, good influence on me there with that but uh, they would be really proud actually to hear me say that and they would like me to probably not use the word street as technical terms but i uh, you know i'm a dirt girl so i come from dirt and so when it is asphalt it's street to me it's just and i understand that there's different types but yeah it's fun I love the Hoonigans. Anytime we're over there, we're always into something. Yeah, they, there seems to be lots happening at that shop There's all the tons. time. Like, even when I went there the other day, I was like, what? And then this and that. And then, like, the next week it's already filmed, and they didn't even have it started when I was there. I was like, you guys just, they work like crazy. Like, everyone thinks that all they do is just a fun factory, and it is, but they're actually working really hard at the same time. I think the smoke keeps them there. They, they, they fill the... the the yard with smoke they can't leave no. so they just stuck there <laughs> nope. and they just keep smoke them working wall. exactly <laughs> that's that's totally that's the it's brian it's scotto's idea of how i can make these folks work longer yeah just they can't see the exits oh it was the funniest thing like last time i was there they had like the, it's now out they had the simulators they were building and then they had the crazy car the one that just they did a whole custom build on and then they had like tires and bleach and then like you know hurt was in kitchen making gloves and I was just like, what is going on around you guys? Like, explain all this coolness. Like, I want to be involved. <laughs> well, are you going to be involved in the new one, the Hoonigan's Most Wanted Search? Yeah, so uh, we just did. We just released it, and um, I was there filming for that, just kind of, you know, being there and helping everyone. And then, um, so there's going to be quite a few uh, parts of the competition, and we're talking about uh, having me out there for one part of it, which uh, I'm hoping it's going to be in the dirt. They can't put you in the dirt. No. No. It's all about the street, right? Yeah. That street life. Yeah. (laughs) So then, if we look for the rest of the year, what have you got? What are the other events that you've got coming up for the remainder of this year that sees out 2018? Um, So the. The next one is the Tijuana Desert Challenge, which is uh, a shorter desert race, and it's a loop race. So I'm actually really excited for that because at the 500 and those longer races, you really have to um, almost reserve yourself and, and reserve the truck because you want to make sure it makes it to the finish. But at this race, it's a little bit shorter where, of course, you know, you got to make sure you don't make mistakes. But I think you can also push it a little bit more, which is uh, what I'm looking forward to. Sure. And then that's the last race for the other, and then you're like... No, and then it's the biggest race of the year, the Baja 1000. Uh So we go straight into preparation for that, because that's going to be a really big one. And then how much preparation will be done for that, between the two of you and the rest of the team? Uh, Weeks and weeks of pre-running. Yeah, there will be a lot of pre-running, and then all the prep is on Geyser Brothers. Sure. So when you say weeks and weeks of pre-running, how many trips down will you be making for Um, that? We usually... Well, so far, we've only done it going down for, like, for the 500, we went down for two weeks to pre-run, and mm-hmm. we do it all in one day, and every day we're driving. So, like, we're doing full days, like, 
sometimes we're doing almost 500 miles in one day. Yeah. And so that's a lot to cover in one day. And we do that over and over again. And we just stay at hotels and kind of jump around the, the whole the peninsula. Yeah. And so it's, it's nuts. But um, I would think how we do it with Justin and the team is we go down there for three weeks probably and we'll go straight and just, you know. Rock it out. Yeah, right before the race too. And then just get as much done as possible before. Okay, and then how? What's the difference in between the five hundred and the thousand? So how long? What's the expected time for you to be? If you were the five hundred was almost fifteen hours. What's the the? How long are you expected to be behind the wheel for the thousand? I'm not sure. They haven't released the course yet, but I've gotten wind. It's going to be somewhere. um, uh, I really don't know. I I can't honestly say until they did release the course, but. It's going to be a lot longer. And how I many believe. how many GPS nodes do you think it's going to be? Well, we won't do the whole thing. We'll have to split it. I don't know. I got wind that the course might be not as long as I thought, and so I might want to iron woman it if the team allows us. So <laughs> <laughs> Erica's like she I like that Erica's <laughs> hearing it just now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, I am. That's like King of the Hammers, you know. Like she loves King of the Hammers, and I dread King of the Hammers. I think all navigators kind of dread King of the Hammers because it's like we're winching and digging and Sure, running. someone's doing all the hard work and you then know. someone else is like <laughs> just lazing around, like foot up driving, like inching <laughs> forwards, inching yeah. forwards. Yeah, so I mean I'm up for the challenges obviously, so it just depends. We'll just have to see what the course has. Yeah, let's say if it's uh, 820 miles long, would you do it? I'd have to. I would. Yeah. I, like that, I like that she just said yes to anything. You just <laughs> ask her now, and she's, she's gonna like, say yes well, to it. She's like, "Well, you? I guess I'm stuck in this." But she yeah. knows that. Yeah. <laughs> From the moment she asked me to go to Morocco, it's always been like, "Yeah, sure. Where are we going next? Yeah, what are just, we doing?" Just go straight in there. Yeah. And then, so any other events aside from the thousand? Um, really, after that, it's just preparing for uh, building our UTVs, our Polaris Razors for King of the Hammers. Okay. So that's the main thing. But, of course, there's always stuff that pops up. We're always one-offing events, and, like, this pops up, and we're doing that, and this pops up, and we go and do that. So Anything fun, basically. Yeah. Anything fun, just invite you to. Yeah. Yes, oh, please. yeah. We're always up for a good time, and we really want to try mud bogging. Mud bogging? Yeah. So, like, we've done rock crawling, short course, desert racing, but we haven't quite mud bogged. Okay. So that's like an East Coast thing. And, um, yeah, so we're, maybe we'll be mud bogging something soon. Um, the What was it? The, the one I heard, the latest thing that I heard from the South that I really liked the idea of was drag racing donks. Dunks, like the the big old wheels. Yeah, lifted. it has to be like thirty six. Oh my gosh, I have the best picture to show you. But they're like seven hundred, eight hundred horsepower. Dang, I saw on one the, on the drag strip. Was, there was like this uh, Mustang with this huge, like probably had like twenty eight in for wheels. Dunks, no, no, that'd be thirty six. I think it has to be like a, an Impala. It's all Chevy, folk. but this is when everyone tells me I'm wrong. Obviously. This is crazy. But yeah, on the that drag strip. Fun. Exactly. See, it's, I mean, it's over in like eight seconds, but you're like riding real high. Yeah. <laughs> see everyone. That is so awesome. So that could look, if anyone, I'll come cover it. Hey, you guys can race it. I'll race, an, I'll race one. Anything. I'll race anything. And now we've got to, before we sign off, uh, can we get a shout out to all your sponsors, the pair of you? Yeah, definitely. So RPM Off-Road, number one, like they've, they're absolutely amazing. They give us opportunity of a lifetime. Um, Hoonigan, you know, we always doing cool stuff with them and they've put us in a rally car and really opened our horizons, I think, in the realm of racing. 
um, Super ATV, and they outfit all our UTVs with the best parts around. They're really just amazing. And then K&N filters, you know, keeping our horsepower up there and dirt out of there. So that's the biggest thing for us, and slime sealants. So they're keeping us without flat tires. Good work. And then what happens if people want to find you guys online on your social media? Yeah, the best way is just Sarah Price MX. That's uh, for Facebook and Instagram and Twitter. Um, and I'm hoping to get a YouTube channel out here soon, and I believe it's going to be Sarah Price MX too. Fun. Erica? Um, all my social media is E Sachs Nav. Fantastic. Or Erica Sachs. Just whatever. Would they can track you down? <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty easy to find. <laughs> or I'm through Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> and then you can tag her. Yeah. Like you tag me. I oh, always do. You're so good. Oh, I'll tag you guys. Oh, thanks. But for that, ladies, I'd like to thank you. And wherever Maverick is, since he's hidden, now he's, I can't see him. He's napping. He's passed oh, out over he's here. He's passed out. Oh, it's like Kiwi. Mm. Good life. Time. Yeah, it's hard <laughs> life. Alligator has been let down, and he's, he's surrounded. Gonna, he's too much work with the alligator. Wolf and now nap. Like yeah, wolf He'd nap. go hunting later for his own food because his mom hasn't got him his dog food. <laughs> Someone's terrible. <laughs> I've been busy. I know. been painting cars. Busy, and then doing podcasts. all yeah. my fault. <laughs> I know. But, uh, it's a rough life. It is. It is. I like the pun there, rough. Rough. Uh, I like it. So rough. Uh. <laughs> so with that being the case, guys, thank you so much for joining. And if any of the listeners out there want to subscribe a friend, please do. We're always looking for more subs subscribers to the podcast. We always want you to leave very positive reviews. Leave us five stars at least. And just say nice things about us. That's what we like. And then you can find us at No Breaking on Facebook and Instagram and at NoBreaking.com. And until then, we'll see you guys next time. Bye-bye.